Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk Podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Soul Tribe. I'm Brandy. This is Spirit Talk. Thank you again so much for joining me. I'm seeing listeners pouring in from all over the world, from Denmark to Japan to my home country of Canada, and it just fills my heart with joy when I see that people are actually listening to my humble little podcast here. I hope that you're enjoying it. If you are, please consider giving a rating or review. On Spotify, you can now give uh, ratings, which is a new feature. It's new to me anyway. If you're new here, then welcome. You picked a great episode to jump in on because today I have a special guest I had such a great conversation with Jean Atman. She is an intuitive energy mentor, a quantum healer, an author, and speaker. Jean's unique combination of intuitive energy guidance, soul coaching, and belief sculpting sets the stage for radical transformation for her clients. And her primary focus is on empowering women to create internal stability and well-being so they can enjoy an ease-filled life of abundance and purpose. And Jean is fiercely dedicated to that cause and through her 21 years of professional career has empowered tens of thousands of people worldwide to consciously create a beautiful life experience. We talk about all kinds of things in this discussion from how Jean works in the quantum, clearing people's energy fields and uh, lessons she's learned along the way through her experiences with that. We also talk about the transitionary period that we're going through as a collective as we move toward a new earth, as well as things like the importance of grounding and embodying joy and the spiritual significance of that. But please listen for yourself. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jean Atman. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I saw what you talk about and what your work is focused around. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a spirit talk guest if I have ever seen one. Because you're all about getting people to their alignment and living Mm -hmm. a life they love through Mm -hmm. transforming, transmuting their trauma and coming into their center and discovering their power. First of all, I want to ask you, how did you come to do that work? It's been kind of my life's work personally, (laughs) which is then kind of also translated into my professional life. I've always been sort of a um, knowing that I have a big mission here to do and always having this deep desire to understand the human condition and to help people. And the more I understood that when you come from a really traumatic upbringing and you continue to draw in similar experiences out of just normalcy about it, that that doesn't have to be the normal, that doesn't have to be the baseline, and that we can change our experiences when we go in 
and heal parts of ourselves. So we don't have to continue to replicate things that don't feel good. And when I found out how to do that, I was extremely passionate about sharing that with everybody that I could possibly get my hands on Mm -hmm. (laughs) to also kind of help them find some enlightenment within that process, you know, that they Mm -hmm. don't have to just continue to live in ways that don't feel good. Wow. I love that. I mean, everybody comes with a past. So you see that people hold things in their energy, which kind of holds them back, would you say, from discovering their power? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it is based on what we think, because what we think creates how we feel and how we feel is kind of the makeup of our energy. And so, and what our energy and frequency, you know, emit, we then attract in a similar frequency um, or energy. So we really do create our experiences based on what we think. So if we have a, a, a big past that we're clinging on to of all the things, the, the negative experiences that we've had, we continue to replicate those thoughts. We're just continuing to kind of down spiral in a more dense energy as well. So if we can catch ourselves in the early stages of down spiraling thoughts and start to shift those into something that feels better, then we, we really do change our energy. And we change your energy, you change your life. But it's when we're holding so much congestion in our fields and density in our fields, and we're not letting that stuff go that we continue to replicate negative feeling experiences. Wow, I could not agree more. And so when people have read all the self-help books, maybe they've read energy work books, maybe they've even learned a little bit of energy work themselves, but they can't quite overcome their hurdles, that would be a good place to come see you, do you think? And they could identify or you could help them identify Mm -hmm. what is that kind of block? Absolutely. Yeah. And when we get into the energy body, energy doesn't lie. So I can see exactly what is standing in the way of reaching to the next place. And a lot of times we we contain what we want within us already. We have a hard time accessing it because we're so shrouded or congested with everything else that's compounded on top of that. But when, you know, if you read something and you're like, oh, that resonates with me, I, I feel that truth, but then they have trouble kind of activating that within their life or replicating that within their life, I help people to kind of access those places that already exist within and activate that desire within. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people can't get what they want because their desires are always outside of themselves. But mm-hmm. everything that we desire we're meant to have. So if you can activate that place within you then become a vibrational match for that experience. So that's kind of like the missing link of what keeps people stuck Mm -hmm. is they're not actually activating that energy within them. So I help people decongest their fields, remove everything that's standing in the way of that, bring that form, that dormant piece of self back to life and vitality, therefore creating um, their external reality in much different ways. Wow. And how do you, I mean, I'm sure every person and uh, client of yours is different, but when you say decongestor field, mm-hmm. let's get into kind of the technicalities of it. Are you using Reiki? Are you kind of, have you made up your own way? Talk mm-hmm. to me a bit about that. 
Yeah, so I'm a Reiki master. So I teach people how to heal themselves and how to heal other people. Throughout my experience, I've I've trained with the Epledger Institute for Cranial Sacral, Polarity Therapy, Healing Touch, Hands of Light. I've I was obsessed with learning all about every energetic modality I could get my hands on when I realized that other people also did what I did and can put some form to that for me. So I was obsessed with taking everything I could get my hands on, you know, a couple decades ago. And it just sort of transformed into to its own modality. I just sort of use a combination of everything I've learned, you know, professionally, as well as personally, what I've found for myself to, to be effective, and just kind of created my own methods, I guess, of, of how to treat people. That's great. And that's what I really encourage. I want people to discover what their gifts are and what their strengths are. Spiritually speaking, I call it spiritual abilities or psychic gifts, whatever you want to say. So when you first set out to learn Reiki and energy work, did you find that your intuition really lit up? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I remember um, I was in neuromuscular therapy school after I got my psych degree. I wanted a more hands-on approach. So I went back to school for neuromuscular therapy and we were told to go and seek a modality that we might have interest in. And I found Reiki through my massage therapist. Um, he was doing a massage and he put one hand over my heart space um, on my chest and one on my back. And, and he started doing Reiki and I, my eyes popped open and I was like, what is that? And he says, that's Reiki. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I have to learn more about this because I had played with energy, but I didn't know that it was a thing that other people also did. So that started my journey of Reiki. And after my first attunement, I went outside and I saw every single leaf on the trees held energy. I, I no longer saw the form of the leaf, but I saw the energetic structure that made up each leaf. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, I just opened to seeing energy in whole new ways. So that completely fascinated me. And I felt like I finally kind of came back home into myself and pieces of myself that I had been rejecting for a long time. I didn't feel like they were weird anymore because I felt like I could accept those pieces of myself that I had a teacher who could also show me that this is normal in, in many realms. And while it might be, you know, kind of woo-woo to the, the general population, those of us that understand energy, this is such a normal state of being to live multidimensionally, you mm -hmm. know? So when I learned that I could, I could be that way and still, you know, reside here in this plane, <laughs> um, I felt like, okay, I, I can, I can do this life here, you know, whereas I had a huge resistance to life for a, a big part of my life up until that point. Wow. I can completely relate to everything you just said. When I first started learning Reiki myself, uh, it was a remembering. Yes. You know, I just, everything resonated. I was like, yes, I know this already. Nothing is new. Yes, I might be hearing some of this for the first time, but it certainly wasn't the first time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we're accessing um, the the more complete, deeper parts of ourselves and not trying to just be, you know, kind of in this strange experience that didn't encompass any of that. You know, it's almost like, um, kind of, like I said, kind of rejecting of self up until that point, trying to fit in with the norm. And we just, we're not, we're not meant to, I think, fit in with the norm. We're meant to help people evolve and change and grow into their potential, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So for any of you folks out there who might have felt like the weird kid or the odd <laughs> duck, there's hope for you. <laughs> That's right. Those are my people. I love those people. <laughs> Heck yeah, me too. Oh, wow. So you talk about the quantum. Have you read Dr. Joe Dispenza's work? Dispenza. Mm-hmm, of course. Yeah. yeah, I love Joe. <laughs> I'm rereading Becoming Supernatural right now. Mm-hmm. I'm rereading that. I was called to reread some passages. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's quite a dense book. And yeah, um, yeah I love thinking about the quantum. And when you're working with energy and people's energies fields, that's really what you're working in the quantum realms, right? Mm-hmm. So can healing happen very, very quickly? Yeah, absolutely. A healing happens in an instant, the same way that trauma can, you know, and then it's what within the scope of my work, we do a lot of kind of the heavy lifting of the clearing of the energy body. And then we also kind of assign mindfulness practices to move the behaviors in a more positive way. So we develop adaptive behaviors based on traumas and experiences. And then to learn a new way of being is kind of the mindfulness practice of of how we really kind of change and transform the ultimate reality of what we're living in, you know, Mm -hmm. but when we can recognize how we're living in default ways that aren't really getting us the results we want, we start to change those things and we can be free to make choices when we're no longer carrying the density of the trauma, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like to clear that stuff. And a lot of people that first start working, you know, with energy workers, typically the first thing they say is I just feel lighter. I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel lighter. And what happens is you release that density and you come up to a level where you can see potential because otherwise we're so shrouded a lot of times we can't even see how to how to get ourselves out of that place. So with energy clearing, we really do allow um, that free will and choice to come in as an actual choice. You know, so it can make a huge difference for people in in um, shifting their behaviors. Yeah, thank you for that answer. Oh, perfect. Because I feel like the reason why I asked, can it happen quickly? Is I feel like a lot of people have the weight and density in their field and don't realize, oh, it could be that I could work through this in a short matter of time. And it's not that uh, working through changing the patterns and the habits isn't an obstacle that they might have to face. When they do have that denseness, it feels overwhelming. Like, I can't do that. (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. heal from this. But if they just did this one step it's like a little domino effect that could happen and just enter in the magic into their life. Right. (laughs) I believe that thoughts make your reality too. So I love that you teach using the power of attraction. Really. It sounds like everything that you said is like the law, law of attraction. That's beautiful. So are you working with people's bodies physical or is it online through time space yeah (laughs) some people get confused they're like I don't understand how that's gonna happen you know if it's through the internet or through across the world 
Yeah, I do. Um, it was interesting because before COVID hit, I was guided to close my brick and mortar space here locally. Um, most of my clients were are West Coast based. I'm on the East Coast and they're international based. And so I had, you know, handfuls of clients here, but most of my clientele were uh, via Zoom online. And so um, guidance kept coming through in December of, of 2019. Close your office, close your office, close your office. I was like, okay, <laughs> close my office. It was like on repeat. Wow. So I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. And then COVID hit and I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you guys for being so persistent with helping me do that. So I was already pretty much set up to do online and distance healing anyways. And I, I didn't realize the potential of distance healing until a friend of mine, one of my closest friends lives in Australia and she was having a lot of health challenges that she just couldn't find resolution for. And my desire to help her, I just, I said, can I get in your field, you know, one night? And she says, sure. Yeah, it's whatever you can help me with. I would appreciate. And I found all these aspects in her field that, I didn't really know everything that she'd been through for the past six months when she was seeing these doctors and things. But the way that, that things were presented to me, like I found a lot of kind of pills in her left quadrant of her of her brain. And I found this kind of blue gelatinous substance in the back of her neck. And I just started clearing things. And then I went into her chakra system and cleared a bunch of things and aligned her and and I, I just kind of typed, you know, afterwards what I found. And, and um, she's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I have so much to share with you. And three weeks later, we finally had a chance to chat. And she's like, I don't know what that was, but I'm literally 90% better. And so it resolved almost all of her symptoms within a short time frame. And I thought, wow, there, this, this is, there's something to this that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. But my desire to help her was the catalyst to finding out what, you know, what the potential was. And so that really was so reassuring and helpful to me to know that I can assist people wherever they are. So I always kind of compare it to like a cell phone signal you know, you dial in this person's particular frequency and you reach them and then you can communicate. You know, mm -hmm. distance healing works the same way. You just tune into that person's frequency and you can gain all sorts of access to the information, you know? Yeah. So um, all of my work is done via distance, even people that are local to me now. And I actually prefer it to the, the hands-on physical stuff. I did a physical and in-person session the other day and it was kind of weird <laughs> because, you know, when you're in the physical space, you're picking up different signals. I'm picking up a lot of the physical stuff. And when I'm distance, I see more of a bird's eye view of everything. So there's not one thing that's more dominant except for the priority that's coming through. So I actually prefer the distance work to the in-person just personally. And I'm sure everybody's kind of different with what their gifts are, but I love to be able to read everything and, and step off to take a more bird's eye view to see how all the moving parts are working together. Because sometimes when you're so focused on one piece, you can't see what's preventing that other piece from falling into place. So um, I like to just be in the quantum where I can take different angles and see really what's going on and what's kind of hidden and what's in the way and how to maneuver everything and manipulate everything to get to where I want to go. Wow, fascinating. I totally get what you're saying. And it's almost like you can remain more autonomous when you're alone doing your work. That's how mm -hmm. I feel when it, when you were talking and getting the bird's eye view, if that makes sense. So when you first started this, were you, because you spoke of seeing 
gelatinous material in her brain and seeing pills. Were you clairvoyant prior to learning energy work and really diving in? How did that show up for you before this? Yeah, I've always been a really sensitive kid. And I grew up in a really, really toxic environment with narcissistic and sociopathic personality types, a lot of cruelty, which I think really increases people's empathic abilities because you get really tuned in to other people's emotional states. So you know how to survive whatever's going Mm -hmm. on around you. So my empathic gifts started early in life, just based on survival. And I was always tuned into the outer realms. I always could feel the earthbounds in the house. I was visited by all sorts of different types of entities when I was younger. So I was always really tuned into the upper realms. And the more I kind of got in tune with myself and my own gifts, in 2011, I started channeling the Ascended Masters. And so they became kind of a guidance system for me to help learn about myself and uh, and kind of adapt to my gifts. But I really found that when I was doing a deep chakra clear of myself and a deep alignment, is when I opened to channel. So I realized in that moment how important alignment is because when we're energetically aligned, we become a channel for all kinds of information to come through. Mm -hmm. And then you can just learn so much more about yourself within that alignment. Mm -hmm. So alignment became very important to me in personally, as well as how that impacted how I worked with clients. Um, So yeah, they just kind of continue to develop throughout the years. And I'm just a really visual person. Even when I'm working with people to do the one-on-ones with Zoom, I always tell people, you know, we're going to be face-to-face. I'm going to be speaking to you the entire time for what I'm seeing, what I'm clearing, how your energy is presenting itself to us. But I'm going to have my eyes closed the whole time because I can see so much more that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just go in through my guidance system, my third eye and explore their field, see what wants to surface, what's priority, and then just work within that, that energy. And it's always different. Every single session is different because everybody's needs are so different, you know, so you go in and, and I am always doing things I've never done before, but I'm just trusting my guidance system and their guidance system to see, you know, how this needs to be healed and transmuted so we can get to, um, to where they want to go. Fantastic. You answered the question I was going to ask you. <laughs> what happens when you get people who are intuitive talking to right. you? <laughs> yes, we don't um, need to speak, yeah. really. <laughs> I was going to say, like, do you have kind of a, a set, kind of a dictionary that you work with for yourself? Or is every client different? Is every experience different? Does yellow mean something to you if you're seeing this color come in or... You kind of answered that and everybody's different, but do you kind of have a lexicon of symbolism or anything like that? Um, I really base it on a lot of feeling. So if I get a color, you know, the the go-to might be, oh, that could be solar plexus related because that's the color of that energy center, you know, Mm -hmm. so it could be that. But if it's sprinkled in with other things, then it could mean something totally different, you know? So it's really, for me, it's what I'm seeing as well as what I'm feeling and putting all those pieces together, but it just kind of comes through as a deep sense of knowing. So I'm getting all this information coming in, like flowing in, but then it's how I feel about it. the, The emotion that it's invoking and that sense of knowing is what is kind of guiding me. So I guess it's a really good question because I've never really broken it down into pieces. It's kind of like, you know, you see all the puzzle pieces and you just, you just know what it is because you've got all the pieces. So it sort of serves in that way, I suppose. 
Yeah, fantastic. I like to hold space for people who are developing their intuition and learning about their their gifts or their strengths. And um, I do say, if you're saying, oh, I want to be clairvoyant, I want to see, I want to see in my mind's eye, I do make sure to point out, well, that's kind of good for nothing unless you're really feeling and knowing as well. Because I find when people set out to develop their their gifts or their strengths that they can often block the claircognizance the knowing because of going through their life with their their traumas or people telling them you're nuts or feeling like (laughs) the black sheep and they're like I couldn't just know that (laughs) you know even though all their life they've been going through knowing things just not really recognizing oh this is from source this is from spirit so a, a combination of all of the different senses in the quantum realm is kind of the big picture and you work through that that's amazing I love it thank you <laughs> so what are some examples of things without giving away people's um you know privacy what are some examples yeah. of things that you've had people work through Yeah, I get a lot of people that have um, trauma in their past, just because I think that's that's such a personal aspect for me of deep understanding and intimate understanding of how to move through trauma, a lot of narcissistic relationships. I get a lot of women coming in. I love to work with women just because I'm a really, I'm a feeler and, and I love emotions. And so women just bring that component. I work with teenagers. There's a a younger guy I worked with recently, and I loved to work with the younger generation because they're caring a lot less (laughs) as they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they haven't congested the the way that like a middle-aged person would. So Mm -hmm. I see how quickly they move through things. And I also loved to get his mom's perspective on him. So you can always, you know, you ask people, how, how are you feeling since the session? I feel lighter. I feel all these synchronicities are coming in, all this happening. But to see a mother's version of how she's witnessing the change, you know, was really, really cool and insightful for me. And even just noticing how her son was attracted to different friendships, you know, through our work together and how he was looking automatically attracted to more high vibrational people and experiences and and how he shows up for his life and his studies and his work and, you know, just recognizing through, through witnessing of her son how much change he went through just from some deeper level energy clearing. And I had another client recently. It was so cool. She We had a session and um, a couple weeks later we had another one or almost a month later she said I was so excited for this session and I said why she says after you cleared my field I felt so in tune with my intuition and she put five thousand dollars in a in a stock and by the next morning she made 69 grand or 65 thousand dollars on it (laughs) so she's like I need this like every month just to keep myself clear (laughs) so I can you know get in touch with my intuitive hits and and act on those things so you know when we're clear we really do have such a deeper level connection with ourselves and our, our own knowing, you know? Yeah. So I have experiences like that. And a lot of people just, you know, I, I love it when I'll ask people, 
what was the the main thing that happened with our work together? And typically the response is my whole life has changed. My whole life is different. Wow. You know, because as you know, with energy clearing, not one thing changes, but everything up levels, everything changes. So you might come in with a particular priority about, I really don't want to draw in narcissistic relationships anymore. Mm -hmm. So we go into that priority of, well, what is within you that is compelling those things to come in? What are the lessons that we need to extract from what you've been through already? So we don't need to continue to repeat those lessons. You know, let's, let's gain the wisdom of what we're, what we're carrying forward and drop off the baggage of the trauma so we can see, you know, a different way of being. So when people understand kind of what the lessons are, then everything can change because you're no longer trying to move through, you know, waist deep muck. Yeah. <laughs> you're free to walk a different path and the one that feels much, much better and lighter for you, which then brings well, in a whole different plethora of experiences. Yeah. It sounds like you're kind of teaching them how to look at it from a totally different perspective. Once you have cleared their field, okay, mm-hmm. now you can see it. So you can recognize it. So it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. there I go doing that again. And it's just kind of as easy as that. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. So do you teach people how to maintain this or be able to clear themselves Mm -hmm. after you've worked with them? I do. Yeah. Right now, I find that about three months is what it takes to really decongest, clear people and get them going in a direction where they want to go. So initially, when we start working together, I'll do a lot of more of the clearing, the heavy lifting, and just to help get them to a new platform so they can see. So within this process, we're doing deeper level energy clearing. We're also teaching them how to recognize the defaults and when they're falling into those old default ways, Mm -hmm. what to do differently. Because when you know what's in your way, And you can see that clearly, then you know how to respond to it, as opposed to just shooting in the dark, trying to figure out what might work. When you can see specifically what the obstacle is, you know exactly how to work around it. So then I get people moving in a direction they want to go. They start to learn how to process their inner worlds. Because when you gain understanding of what's happening inside, you know exactly what to do. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. we're so used to looking outside of ourselves and trying to make changes out there that it keeps people spinning their wheels. But when we reverse engineer it and we look inside and we learn how to look and how to translate that, then anything can come in and you know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So it is a a deeper clearing. It's a teaching people. And then throughout our work together, as we progress, I'll give the reins over to them and I'll say, okay, Mm -hmm. so how are you feeling? What do you feel it needs? What is this asking of you? How would you clear this? And so I'm helping them to get in touch with their own intuitive process so they can read their own energy and then know how to help themselves. Because ultimately the the work that I do is meant to help people clear, but also, you know, to really empower them to be able to take the reins and know what to do with anything that could possibly come up after. Mm -hmm. I find that when people do carry a lot of stuff in their in their field from the past or from traumas or whatever their dreams and their hopes feel kind of scary feels like I couldn't do that you know because they're playing small or they're speaking badly to themselves or whatever the case may be do you find that after the healing and after you've worked with them they feel like oh I could do this I could do my dreams I could I could build this house or this career or have this family or this relationship or whatever their dreams are they're more accessible Mm -hmm. to them. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's an interesting transition that happens because when you're so used to living in trauma and heaviness and density and darkness, those things do feel like a pipe dream and they can feel uncomfortable. Even Mm -hmm. if it's something you desire, they're uncomfortable just because you don't know how things work over there. You Mm -hmm. don't know what it's like to have a healthy relationship, to feel supported, to feel whatever. So it's, it can be really intimidating to live in ways that you've never lived before because you don't know what to expect there. You don't know how to behave there, you know? So we, Typically, if I see somebody that is guarded, say around their heart space, they've been hurt or traumatized or whatever, and they've got big heart walls, mm-hmm. anything that they feel going outwards or inwards has to penetrate through these filters or these walls. So yeah. it becomes distorted. So we, we're interacting with a distorted reality, but it's familiar. So we know how to act there. So a lot of times people won't let their walls down until they have the thing that is that that created the wall in the first place. So if you don't feel safe, you create a wall. We can't just take the wall down if you're still not feeling safe, you know. So we get into the core of why that protection was was instilled in the first place. And we infuse the energy of safety. So they're already assimilating to that energy. And then all of a sudden the protective mechanisms start to fall away and it's easier to move into the new ways of being because they're already containing that energy within them. Mm -hmm. But if you try to just bring something in from the outside, it's still, people will still reject it and push it away, you know? So it really does need to be something activated within first, and then we can bring in those desires more easily. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think it is possible to do it the other way around maybe a less experienced healer might kind of work from the outside in and kind of get some progress with dropping those Mm -hmm. heart walls but Mm -hmm. then that person is so vulnerable like because it wasn't them it wasn't from the inside like what you just said so I love that Mm -hmm. you're you're working from the inside out you know, that resonates with me very much. I feel I've seen it happen to people with heart walls. And I love that you say heart walls, because it's exactly what I call it, the energetic wall, the heart wall. And I see the beautiful green emerald color of the heart space and this wall around it. And I've seen it happen to people where they do get some work being done with another person. And because it's quite exterior and they do kind of let their wall drop but it wasn't from within then they're cracked open in this way that they can't deal with it's it's just too much so -hmm. they put up the wall and maybe the wall goes even higher so I thank you for talking about that inner work it's so important Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just gonna go two steps back Yeah, I totally agree. Because if you are, if the heart wall was there because you felt vulnerable in the first place, and then you're feeling vulnerable again in a space that's supposed to be safe feeling, that's, that's scary, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, nope, we're going right back up. And you're right, Mm -hmm. building even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, you know, to, it's really important. I think it's, you bring up a, a really beautiful point about working with somebody that you can really feel safe with. And I feel like there are um, people out there that haven't maybe worked through some of their own stuff and they don't have the depth of understanding. And I think that you're drawn towards people that exactly will complement what you're needing at the time. And I think that there's there's chapters for everything in life. And I think some people hold on to things that once worked maybe. So I would also encourage people, like if you feel like you're ready to dive into the next level, you know, to see where you're led 
with things and and see if you're ready to um, move through some deeper core layers of of the healing process. Because I feel like as we're coming into this collective awakening right now, yeah. everybody's moving through their stuff and in really big ways. Yeah, I mean, we're not holding on to anything anymore. We're really being encouraged to let stuff go, <laughs> and it can be scary when you're used to holding. And then you know, and then this this kind of energetic purge is happening. It can leave people feeling you know like they want to grip even tighter to what they do know. So to to align with an experienced healer to kind of guide you through that process of feeling safe within the release of things, I think is really vital. Yes. Yeah. I, I believe we are going through a collective awakening too. And people really are being called by their soul to release, release, release. Do you find that when you're working with people and you are healing certain aspects that more come up or oh, yeah. is it kind of a total? Okay. Yeah. 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 Layers, layers, layers. Oh, by the way, here's something <laughs> right. else. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Healing there the was, onion. I remember when uh, I was, I was helping a friend, I guess it was back like 2011, 2012, moving through some stuff. And, and she's like, when is this ever going to end? She's like, I feel like I just moved through this thing. And then another wave comes. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's so awesome. She's like, oh, it's not <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm like, you're just clearing through so much stuff, you know, and, and you have to remind people like you can set the pace for that. Like yeah. if it's too much, if it's too intense, if it's moving too quickly, you can be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow the roll a little bit. I want yeah. to just take some time to breathe in between these waves and, you know, move through it. But I mean, I'm kind of a headfirst diver myself where I'm like, yeah. bring it, let's, let's do this, <laughs> you know, and yeah, see me too. what wants to move through. But you bring up that really important point is people have more control than they might think. Yes, we are kind of on this ride that's like a river, but you can control it. That's the wrong word, but for lack of a better word right now in my mind, uh, with the power of intention. So if you yeah. do say, I need healing, I want it to happen, I'm ready, I'm here, I'm okay with it being quick, then watch out, it's coming. <laughs> and if it does and that's too much, you can, you can say, oh, I wasn't quite ready. <laughs> Slow down. And that will happen too. So you can kind of pace it a little bit. And we're talking about timelines and speeding mm -hmm. up timelines and jumping timelines. And mm -hmm. yeah, really fascinating <laughs> even, topic. Even those healers out there that I didn't realize my desire to help people was so encompassing that I was working in my sleep. Hmm. And I would have people reach out to me saying, oh my gosh, you were my dream last night. You brought me this tincture and you were doing this healing and all. And I was like, no wonder I'm so exhausted. <laughs> like okay. I didn't realize that I was still on when I was trying to rest. And so I, right. I started to set office hours for myself with intention mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is my time to restore and rest and I'm not on duty right now. It's all about me and restoring my physical form so I can be at my best. And I started resting more peacefully, you know, right. so even things like that to pay attention to how much we're exerting ourselves and if it's serving us or not. Yeah. And to be aware of your own energetic field, because you can only do mm -hmm. so much if, if you're uh, burning the candle at both ends, <laughs> literally sure. in your sleep. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like I've been there too. I've been told dreams same thing dreams yeah oh, that's why i brought it dreams. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. had a feeling it yeah. might be relevant piece for you <laughs> yeah it is i love that do you uh, 
<laughs> do you get um past life things coming through for people that they're healing or working through yeah absolutely in fact i just started working with a client who it's it's very interesting dynamic because usually you can trace trauma back to a lot of things in this incarnation on this timeline right but she didn't have any trauma she had a really idealistic life upbringing but she's having experiences where she's drawing things in energetically that are not comfortable. So all of the work with her so far has been other timelines, simultaneous lifetimes, past lifetimes of experiences that were still being held in her field. So mm -hmm. a lot of it, that that kind of multidimensionality of other time, space, and dimensions really relevant in her level of healing. And that's the thing about, you know, I think that there's a time and place for therapy to really get in touch with your feelings, get in touch with your experiences, but things like that, where it's outer worldly, you can't mentally access that when mm -hmm. it's not in your memory of, right. of memory space. And so to be able to kind of explore those other time, space, and dimensions is what she's been needing to finally heal. You know, so it's always, always something different. <laughs> cool. Love it. Uh, I'm reading a book right now too called Soul Journey. No, Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. And it's really good. He's a, a hypnotherapist. I think a psychiatrist he started out or psychologist. But yeah, he was working with people for their traumas and ended up going into past lives, which he was like, okay, I've, I've seen this happen with other people and that wasn't really his interest. So he started putting people into between lives and what mm. was their experience when they were on the other side, not in a life. Absolutely fascinating. He goes through it cases. It's, it's a great book. I recommend it. That sounds fascinating. I yeah. um I would love to learn more about that. I had I went to a funeral of a friend and I was communicating with him and he was saying that he was in transition after he passed and I was like what does that mean? What is what happens there? You know, and he says it's really a healing of breaking down of all the things that he was carrying and and it's just like this this lovely space of transition where you just kind of are in that that transitional, you know, dimension in mm -hmm. between an incarnation and what, what comes next. Yeah. Um, and I found that fascinating. I was like, what happens there? <laughs> you know? Um, right. And you could still access the physical plane mm -hmm. and he was still interacting with his daughter here, but yet he was, you know, in the outer dimensions in his own level of soul healing. So it was really fascinating to kind of talk with him and where he was at. Wow, I love that. I have an episode on the podcast actually called uh, The Healing Place because I was doing a reading for somebody. I, uh, I I don't offer readings officially, but I love mm -hmm. to practice. You know, I'm like yeah. you, I'm kind of obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so just to fulfill my incessant need to dive in and really explore, I like to do readings and I got this departed loved one and she was in this space and I got to see like a physical space that she was in and who knows if that is a physical space or if that's how it manifested for her it was very much real for her spirit and soul and she was receiving healing there and it was just mm. I'll never forget it I can just kind of channel that healing energy right now and it's it's beautiful 
so yeah, discovering beyond our world is kind of intoxicating and addicting for me. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, when my grandfather passed, I was I was a child and I remember kneeling at the church at his funeral and all of a sudden everything just kind of went went away. Like this dimension ceased to exist and all of a sudden he was right there like this huge face right in front of me and just smiling so big and this level of warmth and light that was just kind of showering over me from his experience. It was almost like he shared part of that energy with me when I was a child and I can still like you tap into that field. And it, it's like, it's so inviting and enveloping and just really such a beautiful um, space. So I, mm-hmm. I totally know what you're talking about. It's, it's mm-hmm. to access that all the time. Just think about living in that space, you know, mm-hmm. to just tune into that and just be there. It just feels really yummy. <laughs> yeah. I love the continuity of stories too, for people who have had, uh, near-death experiences and come back and relay what they experienced and I've watched quite a few people recall these experiences and mm-hmm. all of them give that feeling of connectedness warmth light and love like just mm-hmm. washing over them and them kind of not wanting to go back right <laughs> Which I don't blame them <laughs> right I know. <laughs> I mean, I love life, but it's not always easy being human. That's right, kind for of sure. Design. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that is like the nature of it. We're here to learn and it's hard, right? Right, right. I know. I always joke to say I must have not read the fine print before <laughs> coming in because, woo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, can you give some tips? The world is so divided right now. How do people practically move through this division and this weird energy that we're kind of experiencing as a whole? It's been such an interesting thing to witness the the division. I mean, we've heard about this split earth concept for a while. And, you know, we're like, how is that going to work? How's that going to play out? Are we all going to be transported someplace different? Like what's going to happen? But we're literally seeing the split in the same dimension mm-hmm. <laughs> where some people are really tied into the past and holding on to the old ways of being. And I call it the dark ages because mm-hmm. it just, there's so much darkness and density. And then there's this potential for the new earth energy, which a lot of us have moved into already and have kind of been playing there. So I feel like right now it really is just like anything else, a choice, you know, where you can choose to focus on the old ways of being that just have never worked. They've kind of been orchestrated and set up with limitation mm-hmm. is the old ways of being. I just think of it as limitation. And this new is all about potential and really stepping into a place of freedom and liberation from the shackles and the and the and the bindings that we've you know held on with for so long. So I feel like that's the split. That's the true division of what's happening kind of spiritually. And I see some people that are really focusing on on you know holding. That's not going to work because I'm holding on to this. I'm continuing to replicate the trauma. And then there's this huge gap of transition that I think a lot of us are swimming in because we're trying to discern right now what what fits, what doesn't, what do we want to drop off, what do we want to bring forward, you know, so it's kind of like this void space that a lot of us are in right now. 
And sometimes yeah. it feels like there's a lot of confusion about people know that they want something really different, but they don't know what to work towards, or they don't have a direction of where they want to go. They just know that they don't want to be where they've been. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people that's a perfect place to be. You know, you're just in the transition. So see if you can find comfort within the not knowing, without within the confusion, and just be wherever you are with full acceptance in that present moment. Because the more you can take time right now to get to know yourself, your needs, you know, even boundaries. It's, it's like every concept is shifting. Whereas in the old ways, boundaries were you needed to confront somebody, you needed to assert yourself, you needed to pull this energy in order to do something active. Mm -hmm. But boundaries now in the new earth energy is saying, honor yourself. And that automatically allows a, a very perfectly balanced boundary to be set. You know, so it's, it's like less efforting and it's, it's concepts, but infused with light as opposed to being infused with darkness, hardship, or limitation, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like everything that we thought we knew is evolving into something sweeter, something mm -hmm. lighter, you know? So there's just so much going on right now, mm -hmm. but I'd say where you're focusing is the most important thing. You know, are you focusing on what you want and how you want to feel? Or are you focusing on all the things that aren't working? Because yeah. that choice every single moment is what's going to direct your energy either into the new earth energy or to stay where you've been. Yeah. Simply put, choosing love over fear. Exactly. Exactly. A bottom line of everything is that, and especially, you know, how we talked about that light of unconditional love from the mm -hmm. afterlife. It's like that can exist for us here. If yeah. we just remember that's our origin, we can come back to that place. We can live in that space yeah. and feel that, you know, and catch the limiting beliefs, catch the thoughts before they integrate into your emotions and say, I don't, I don't really want to focus my energy there. I'd rather focus on something that helps me feel better. And then you're uplifting your energy and you're automatically aligning with that lighter vibration of experience when mm -hmm. the more you do that. But it's like consistency is key right now, you know, and just continue to choose a better feeling thought, therefore creating better feeling feelings, therefore mm -hmm. shifting your energy and your vibration. You know? Yeah. And your whole experience and your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's interesting too, because when I tuned into the new earth energy, it's sort of like this pinkish peach kind of mm -hmm. vibration or feeling or color mm -hmm. frequency. And I was working with this really tuned in, tapped in kid. He's 19. I'm um, not really a kid, but he's so in tune. And what was so cool is, is he went into session saying, I really just want to get in touch with my own intuitive process. Mm -hmm. And because he had dropped off so much stuff already, he was really ready to move into the new. What was so cool, what was, was shown to us is this kind of frequency that was in the new earth energy. When he emerged into that energy, all these structures had already been built there. So it's not like we're stepping into like fresh snow, new earth energy. We've, yeah. What we've been creating is already created there. We just need to come into that space and know that it's already, the structures are already set up to support us there. 
you know? So because he was so advanced being able to see like, oh my gosh, all these things are already in existence for you there. You just need to keep taking steps forward. So that was such Mm -hmm. a cool um, session to be able to see what already exists there for us, you know, which is the manifestation of everything we've ever wanted. It's, yeah. it's there for us waiting yeah. <laughs> until and we we're just show hopping up over. Yeah, yeah. We are. <laughs> we're moving over. Yeah. Kind yeah. of one foot in the 3d still and that's okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of talk about uh, the importance of grounding then because kind of being mm. in this limbo land and this in between or this back and forth, who knows, we could be going into other dimensions and we don't even realize it sometimes. But I've experienced in my own life where I've spent so much time up here and going into what some would call the quantum or, you know, (laughs) entertaining my love of all the woo uh, (laughs) that I become untethered, really ungrounded and it's very unhealthy (laughs) shoot I wish I realized it a bit earlier because I was so you know discombobulated but luckily knowing energy and learning how to read energy I'm like oh crap I am a human being I do need to root my energy to the earth like I can't just be a spirit I have to be in my body mm-hmm. you know I have to nourish it well and move it and feel the ground and be grounded so can you talk about grounding a little bit and how some of us might have to do it intentionally and some mm-hmm. maybe it comes more naturally Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I was paying attention to um, how our energy was exchanging earlier and we were both super floaty, (laughs) like really (laughs) in this big, huge, expansive space. And I was like, "Woo, that's so easy and fun to play there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I feel you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're right. Especially those of us that have, that are fascinated with the woo, that are, have lifted out based on so much physical trauma that it's just not comfortable to be within, to be embodied you know, there's all sorts of reasons why we lift out. And in order to manifest life here in this plane of experience, we really do need to be embodied, (laughs) you know, so you can create all you want to in the ethers, but until you ground it into here, this dimension, it's still life's still going to function in a a harder way here, you know, until we bring all that expanded energy into um, a more, you know, the physicality. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, we're being asked now to get in touch with pleasure again, because Mm -hmm. there's been chronic stress, chronic fatigue, chronic exhaustion, chronic overdoing, overgiving, people pleasing, all of these old dense systems that have really encouraged people to lift out. It's just not been comfortable. So it's so important to be able to feel good in your body. Otherwise, we're not going to want to stay there. So, what brings you pleasure? Even if it's eating something that you really enjoy and being present in the moment, not just shoveling it in and moving on to something different, you know, but really Mm -hmm. being present with that experience and um, doing things that feel good, that bring you joy, even discerning what does that feel like. I mean, years ago, I was I was at this workshop by this amazing, powerful woman. And she put a chair in the middle of the room 
And she said, I'm going to speak into emotions and see how you relate to those emotions. So she said, you know, like anger. And I was, all of us went and sat like on each other's laps. We're all piled on this chair because we're all so familiar with anger. And she went through, you know, sadness and all these other things. She said, joy. And I found myself backing up from the chair, <laughs> mm. like to the wall. I couldn't even get far enough away from this, this thing called joy. I was like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, it was mm -hmm. so foreign to me. And so I thought, wow, that was so insightful that I don't know how to relate to joy. And so I started playing with and having curiosity about what brings me joy. What does that even feel like? Can I, can I do things that encourage that in my experience, you know, and, and what is that? Um, how does that play out? You know, and so tuning into nature, my pets, my kids, you know, laughter, all these things that I was kind of distant from before, I started to really focus on bringing that into my experience. And when I do that, I can feel more comfortable being embodied because I'm actually enjoying the experience of being physical. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that those types of things will help us ground because we can say all day long, let's ground. Okay, so we do that experience, we get grounded into the earth, but then something comes in, stress comes in, we lift right back out. Yeah. You know, so until we're doing something to remedy the reason, the core mm -hmm. of why we're not embodied, we're never going to be able to really fix it. Right. So I think it's really important to, to be more, have more pleasure here, whatever that looks like for you. I love that. That is such a good point. And when you have sat in joy and really felt it in your body, you are able to call that in again and recognize it and go back there easier uh, mm -hmm. when you get used to not pushing it away or feeling guilty or whatever. So bring in more joy, guys. Yeah. Learn to get comfortable with joy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, really Sounds be weird, honest with yourself. Yeah. And yeah. ask, you know, are you comfortable in joy? And people are like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that is, what that feels like, what that would be like. And I don't know the last time I experienced it. You know, when you ask yourself those hard questions, you're like, whoa, all right, we know where to work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. We see where to work. Uh, I've just enjoyed talking to you so much, Jean. Thank um, you. We better wrap it up. It's been almost an hour. How do people work with you? How do they find you? What are your socials? Yeah, probably the easiest place is on my website, jeanatman.com. Um, I've got links to my socials there. Um, I have a blog that I contribute to sometimes, a YouTube channel um, that you can also find on my website. I do offer private work with people who would like a little bit deeper level support as they're working through releasing the old and building into the new. I also offer a limitless course, my online course that really teaches people how to get out of their own way. You know, we have all these triggers and limiting beliefs and, and ways that we live that we don't understand what it's trying to say to us. So I help people learn how to translate their reality and therefore be able to change it. So that can be found on there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure talking with you. I feel like we've, you know, done this many times before. Yeah. <laughs> so. We have a little connection going on. That's right. <laughs> uh, kindred healers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We speak the same language, same frequency. We're like, oh, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> we've met before. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you. You have a great day. Hopefully we can talk again sometime. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.